that food is the fuel for life. Food is not my reward. Food's not my escape. Food's not my comfort. Uh, food's not my daily indulgence. Food's the fuel for life. Your palate changes and you start to like good foods. You start to like healthy foods. I can't wait to have an apple. I can't wait to have a smoothie with berries and greens. I can't wait to have a massive salad. Uh, and, but there's no food craving. There's no addiction. There's a whole different relationship to food. Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I am very excited to welcome in studio Dr. Michael Brown. How are you doing today? Doing great. Great to be with you. It's a pleasure to have you here today. You are the founder and president of the Fire School of Ministry. You're the host of the talk radio show, The Line of Fire. So I'm going to have to be on my top hosting game for today to keep up with you. Well, now I get to be the guest, so just you relax (laughs) and I'll relax. There we go. That'll be great then. Um, You're also a blogger for Charisma News and the author of more than 25 books, including your most recent one, uh, Breaking the Stronghold of Food. So I got to ask, what inspired you to write this book? Well, my wife and I broke the stronghold of food. Well, there you go. (laughs) And our lives are radically transformed, and we know how many people struggle. I mean, the majority of Americans struggle with food, the nature of our diet, the types of food available, our lifestyles. Uh, Most people are are overweight. Many are obese. Many have health-related issues because of it. So our lives were so dramatically transformed I really felt the Lord wanted me to tell that story to encourage others. And, and I'll also say, if God could change us, this is the first book we've written jointly ever. If God could change us, he could change anyone. Nancy in the book says she was a glutton. She just loved to eat and stuff herself and, and endless yo-yo diets up and down, up and down and end up worse than before for, for decades. And on my end, uh, I was just addicted to certain foods. I, I, before I was a believer, was a heavy drug user for two years. And as I say in the book, it was easier for me to get off heroin to get, than to get off chocolate. Wow. So I was just, you know, food addict like so many others and didn't even realize it or want to realize it. And when, when I experienced liberty and freedom and life transformation, it's been so wonderful. We wanted to tell the story. We wanted to encourage. We wanted to inspire it. And we wanted to give practical guidelines as well. Well, we're all about inspirational stories and helping people to really walk in the fullness of what God has for them. Now, I know you've alluded to it a little bit, but just your radical transformation. So as of August 2014, and correct me if I have anything wrong here, you were 275 pounds. I see you in the studio now, and uh, you were just, in less than eight months, you lost nearly 100 pounds. So I got to ask, what's your secret? Yeah, the secret is not dieting. The secret is not dieting, not looking for gimmicks. The secret is change your relationship with food, Mm. change the role food plays in your life and get rid of the unhealthy food. Don't cut it back, get rid of it and replace it with super healthy food and everything changes. So I went from 275 to 180 pounds. I'm I'm almost 6'3". I work out a lot. A lot of people just thought I was big, like a football player, big. Well, I was, I had some muscle. I worked out, but I was fat. I, I remember the, the, Tom, I was getting I was getting a shot, a flu shot, at a at a grocery store. They just you know at the pharmacy there. They had flu shots, and uh, this is in my days of being heavy but working out. And the lady said to me, "Relax your arm." I said, "It's relaxed." She said, 
wow, you really work out because I had these giant triceps. In fact, we had to get a, for take my blood pressure at home, we had to get a larger cuff. Oh, wow. And I said to Nancy, you know, look at how big my arms are. When I lost the weight, I used the regular size cuff. I got some muscle, but it was all fat. And, and, and the fact is a lot of the fat that was on me was like stomach fat, lower chest fat. That's the worst. That's the worst for heart disease. That's the worst as a precursor of cancer and things like that. My blood pressure was as high as 149 over 103. Uh, the, it may have been even higher at times, but that's the highest we ever tracked it. Uh, my blood pressure now, last time I took it, was 100 over 65. My cholesterol was uh, always in the high ones to the low twos up to 230, but the bad was high and the good was low. That was the uh. bad part. My cholesterol went down as low as 123. It varies between 123 and 134 now. And the good is great and the bad is where it's supposed to be. I used to have headaches three, four times a week. I haven't had a headache in two and a half years uh, I had uh, lower back pain all the time, no lower back pain at all. And maybe best of all, I had severe sleep apnea, so I had to travel with a breathing machine, and there was nothing that could be done surgically. But I lost enough weight that I actually lost weight in the back of my tongue and the back of my throat, infinitesimal, but enough to clear the breathing passage so I don't need a breathing machine anymore. So uh, energy level off the charts, immune system, uh, night and day different than it used to be. I'm a completely new man. And I was devoted to the Lord before, but I had unhealthy eating habits. I wasn't so much as a, a glutton as I was a slave to food and to unhealthy eating. All my life, I had eaten unhealthily. As a boy, I used to have Oreos for breakfast. Uh, pizza every day was a staple thing. I mean, just unhealthy food for decades. And if I could change after 59 years, 59 years of unhealthy eating patterns, anyone can change. And if a self-confessed glutton like Nancy with endless yo-yo dieting can change, Anyone can change. That's why we wrote Breaking the Stronghold of Food. And the, the story really is dramatic. And you think, isn't it unhealthy to lose that weight that fast? I didn't diet. I ate super healthily. Massive salads, lots of fruits, other, other things like that. Uh, a little bit of meat, grilled meat once a week. And, and I don't miss it if I don't even have it at all. And when I got rid of the bad, three days of miserable withdrawal. I mean, miserable. Uh, harder than getting off drugs. And then renewing my mind that food is the fuel for life. Food is not my reward. Food's not my escape. Food's not my comfort. Uh, food's not my daily indulgence. Food's the fuel for life. Your palate changes and you start to like good foods. You start to like healthy foods. I can't wait to have an apple. I can't wait to have a smoothie with berries and greens. I can't wait to have a massive salad. Uh, and, but there's no food craving. There's no addiction. There's a whole different relationship to food. And when you eat a meal, how long does it take? Half hour, maybe, eat your meal. Uh, but you, you wear the results of that the rest of the day. When you eat healthily, you wear the results of that the rest of the day. It's, it's amazingly good. It's the way God designed our bodies. And, and we really know that this is a big struggle, especially in the church where everything revolves around food and that's the one thing we have. You know, no sex outside of marriage, no pornography, no drugs, no drinking, no bad movies, but food! We can eat all the food you want, fellowship dinners and potluck. And so it's a stronghold throughout America, in the church as well. And we want to help people break it. So how do you reprogram your mind to get past that stronghold? Because I have to imagine with the way you're describing it, that it's largely psychological and it's a battle you have to win in the mind. Yes. So first physical, there are, the, you know, if you're, you're addicted right. to foods, you're addicted to coffee, just like someone getting off cigarettes or something like that. First physical and then absolutely psychological. And of course, the spiritual praying for grace. I know God helped me. I could sense his grace changing me. It's like 
when I took that radical step of telling Nancy, I'm not going to eat the way I've eaten. I know I have to make a change. My plan's not working, cutting back a little here, a little there. I'd eat the same way every day, expecting different results. And, and I was only getting heavier the older I got. So I knew, okay, that's not working. When I, when I took that first radical step, that's when God's grace definitely helped me. So I, I truly glorify him and say, he's the one that put something in me. But when it came to renewing my mind, what you have to do is think through and understand what role does food have in your life. Nancy sat me down one day. She said, I want you to watch this show. It's my 600-pound life. Oh, it's terribly sad. And this gal was now 700 pounds. And she knows she's going to kill herself. And, and, and she's not going to be able to, to live long for her husband and for her kids. She understands that. She knows she has to make changes. And, and what happened was this. She was abused by her stepfather when she was a little girl. Uh, the mother was on drugs. She wasn't there for her. The stepfather sexually abused her. When he was going to sexually abuse her sister, this girl said, no, 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 and got in the way. And so she took it. And she was, you know, hated it. And, and all the trauma a little kid would go through, the one refuge she had was food. Mm. And that became her life refuge. And that's when she gets comfort. So she looks in the mirror now. She sees how fat she is. She hates it. What does she do? She eats. It's this terrible, vicious cycle. For me, food was not for comfort. I didn't eat out of anger or frustration. I mean, maybe if my mood wasn't right, I might have more of something I shouldn't. But I ate, uh, aside from enjoying the food, enjoying the taste of it, and being addicted to sweets and things, food was my reward. It was my daily reward. Okay, breakfast, I'm going to have a late breakfast because I I go to sleep late. I sleep a little later. Uh, So I'd have a, a chocolate protein bar in the morning. And then I wouldn't eat anything till dinner, and that's, that's my special meal. And then after dinner, of course, chocolate, dessert, something. Like that. Then all night I'm writing, snack. I'm on the road. Uh, maybe I preach uh, all day, all night. Well, I get back to my hotel room. What do you do? Eat. Especially at the end of the, okay, I've just spoken for five straight days overseas. Mm. Last night, time to chill. Well, I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to put on some unclean movie. I'm not gonna, but I can now get in the flesh with food. I get to the hotel, ooh, fresh baked chocolate chip cookies at check-in. You're telling me that's not a gift from God that wasn't timed just for me coming in? And then there's a gift basket in the room with, with all, all my delectables, and on and on it goes. So I, I, I started, uh, as I thought about not eating certain foods, this sense almost, not depression, but just a real down mentality got on me like, what? is the purpose of life if you can't eat what you want to eat. And I thought, that really reveals the stronghold. Yeah. I remember thinking to myself, okay, all the things that, let's say every so often, it could be once in a year, take the grandkids to see a fun family movie, right? What do you do? You get them popcorn. Yeah, you get the I get popcorn. popcorn and I, I, there's one place, chocolate nonpareils. I really like them. That's when mm. I'd, I'd get them a box of nonpareils for myself and then share the popcorn with everybody. It's like, why would I want to go to the movies if I couldn't have popcorn and nonpareils? And I said to myself, you're taking the grandkids to the movies to have fun with the grandkids. Maybe enjoy the movie too, but to have fun with the grandkids. I could eat the food anytime. And I remember I was daydreaming about before I was saved, going to a rock concert. And I thought, why would I want to go to a rock concert if I, if I couldn't eat? And then it hit me. I didn't eat at rock concerts. I got high, but I didn't <laughs> eat. In other words, it was just this thing in my mind. So I said, okay, food is the fuel for life. I, I'm at the airport. You know, I could tell you that this airport, Nashville airport, here's the Auntie Anne's 
uh, pretzel here. Okay, uh, Atlanta Airport, here's where they used to have Sbarro's Pizza. They changed it. Here's the terminal where they have Ben and Jerry's, or here's the haagen And I knew, and it's like, okay, I get to do this because I'm at the airport, because I'm running, I'm pushing all the time. So I had to completely change my mentality. My purpose of going to the airport is not to eat. It's to get somewhere. Right. My purpose of being in the plane is not to enjoy the snacks. It's to get somewhere. My, my, and so I had to reprogram, prayerfully reprogram my mind. And I encourage people, we do in the book, why do you eat? Okay, you like food, you enjoy it, but, but are there reasons? Are you depressed? Do you eat out of depression? Is, is it refuge? Is it this? Is it that? Nancy said she ate when she was happy, when she was sad. She ate because she just liked to eat. She was a glutton. And she said the only time she didn't eat is if she was really scared, and that was kind of a rare emotion. But many others, they eat for other reasons. And when you can understand that, then you start to think differently. You ask God to help you. And you start to relate differently, and then and then things change. It's almost like a guy is interested at a young a young lady at work, and he's relating to her a certain way to find out. No, 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 she's engaged. You just haven't met her fiance. Okay, so now he totally changes what he thinks. He's friendly. He's a coworker, but he's not trying to exactly. Know. So you just so you you may eat food like you used to. Maybe you ate healthy food, but in unhealthy ways, or most likely you ate unhealthy food too. You get rid of the unhealthy, you change your attitude, your relationship to food. It's the fuel for life. So I live my life as if I was an elite athlete. That's how I think of it. I've been given a race to run by the Lord. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, Paul likens the way we live to athletes who are, quote, disciplined in all things. He said they are and we are, but they do it for an earthly crown. We do it for a heavenly crown. So I want to run my race the best possible way. Yes, I work out physically and I want to be sharp for that, but much more, I want to run my race for the Lord the maximum way. My life is in his hands. He could call any of us home today. We could die as martyrs tomorrow. But to the extent it's up to me, I want to be a good steward over my body, good steward over my health, so that if he wants me to run for 30 years, I can run for 30 years with vibrancy and energy and faith and vision, as opposed to, in the words of Dr. Joel Furman, whom we often quote in our book, we're, we're digging our own grave with our forks and knives. That is a great way to think of it. Now, I couldn't help but just be thinking as you were explaining your story and your approach to it, do you think that the same process has parallels for other spiritual issues people might be going through? Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. In in fact, the problem is we don't apply those to food. Mm -hmm. In other words, we think of overcoming sin, overcoming the flesh in a hundred other areas and apply good, sound, biblical, spiritual principles, but we don't think of doing it with our diets. So one chapter in the book is, is Holiness Principles for Wholesome Living. And I ad- adopted some of the material there. I, I took it from my book, Go and Sin No More, which is a, a grace-empowered holiness book. And then I, I, I reworked the material for this book. And, and it's basically saying the same things that work for dealing with sin in the flesh in any area of life deal uh, just as effectively, just as powerfully, these same principles when it comes to food and diet and fleshly addictions. And then one other thing that I was wondering about. So obviously when you're changing your mindset, that's a big thing to be going through. And I would imagine you don't 100% nail it at once where like you're, you're absolutely fine. There's no temptation. There's none of that. So what are things that people can be doing if they are trying to change their mindset to not stumble in the first few days that yes. they're putting on this new mindset? First few days or first few weeks. Right. My big issue when I would diet in the past 
And again, I don't recommend dieting. I recommend changing your relationship to food, changing your lifestyle. But when I diet in the past, the problem was I always felt like I was deprived. And I'm under enough pressure in the work of ministry. I, I love serving the Lord and doing what I do, but it's pressure-filled. Mm. Constant deadlines and traveling and, and you know, having to be at a certain place in a certain way. And there's pressure. And I'm, I'm good with it. I'm fine with it. But when I would, or I'm not going to have any sweets. I mean, all day I would feel deprived. And I would tell Nancy, that's the straw that breaks the camel's back for me. I cannot live feeling deprived all the time. So one of the big things is to, to, in the renewing our mind process, to remind ourselves, okay, this is the way God made it. These things are flesh. These are destructive. They're negative. So the man that's married to his wife is not deprived because he can't commit adultery. Okay. Uh, he has to think of it rightly in the gifts that God has given and change his thinking in that way. But Nancy sent me uh, testimonies every day for the first two weeks or so. Here's somebody was 300 pounds, you know, five foot seven, was on eight medications, was scheduled for open heart surgery, radically changed his diet, you know, followed the same plan and, and philosophy that we do. And now two years later, he's just running his third marathon. He weighs 160 pounds. He's, you know, and every day and they'd be dramatic and mind boggling. And then she'd send me quotes, normally from Dr. Furman, these strong words. You know, you'll never fulfill your life goals if you're chronically sick or dead. Just simple things like that. And then she was always there to encourage and, and gave me tricks to use. For example, she said, tell yourself you can eat whatever you want, just not today. It's like, I really, I would really like a milk, you know, a, a Dairy Queen, Chocolate Extreme, Bliss. I, I would really like that. It's like, all right, you can have that tomorrow. And that would just take the pressure off. I knew I wasn't going to, mm -hmm. but it would take the pressure off. Um, and, and, and then, you know, you think back to how miserable you feel the other way or how important it is that you make the change. Or, so th whatever you can do, we'd even play the game of sitting around talking and say, okay, when I get to six months, six, how about three months? No, six months. Okay, we're going to go to this restaurant. And we would talk about what we were going to eat. And then if six months would come and go, it's like, yeah. Well, I thought, okay, when, I'm, when I've done this for one year, changed my life for one year, I'm going to have like a, a bite of a candy bar just to see what it tastes like. And, and you know, it's like super sweet. And, yeah, or is it still like, no, it's appealing. And, and so I got to a year. And you know, know what we did? Is I celebrated by having more healthy food than I would normally eat. In other words, I eat healthy nuts, but only only a certain amount. I had some extra of those, but I, I felt a little stuffed. I didn't like it. I don't I don't like feeling stuffed because I never ever feel stuffed. And I eat massive salads. And we go to a restaurant. Uh, maybe I go to a, you know big salad bar. I, I pile my plate. Everyone's waiting for their food to come. Right. Uh, their food comes. They get their dessert. I'm still working on my salad. <laughs> I'm the first to start. The last to stop. And, and I'm the healthiest because it's, it's healthy stuff. You can eat a lot of bulk. Uh, but uh, one year came, two years now, it's two and a half years. I still haven't had anything. I haven't deviated. I haven't had anything basically I'm supposed to. I mean, I may have been on the road and I didn't get the meat as plain as I wanted or I had to use salad dressing that wasn't ideal. Mm -hmm. But in terms of going back, eating any of the old stuff, by God's grace, I haven't. And then the thought is, well, why do I even want to? What would it prove? Okay, I ate the candy bar. It was sickening. Why would I even want to taste it? And then what if I ate it and it's like, oh, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Right. What, why bother? So, and, and again, the thing for me, the deprived feeling, 
once I remember uh, a few days into this and I went to Subway and now the salads look to me like that's almost nothing. But I got a salad there and I get grilled chicken, just plain grilled chicken cut up and put in there. And I just finished playing tennis with a friend of mine. And I remember eating this saying, I am a shouting out in my spirit. I am not deprived. I've got energy. I'm, 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 I see change coming. The weight's coming off so rapidly. It's, you know, I average about 14 pounds a month of weight loss. Wow. And again, just eating healthy. Exercise too, but mainly eating healthily. And uh, I remember eating that feeling, I'm not deprived. I'm absolutely not deprived. And it's the rarest of rare that I'll get hit with a temptation. I shouldn't say temptation, a negative attitude. Mm-hmm. I was in between India and Italy in December, and I didn't properly calculate that I'd be traveling 20 hours, and I didn't really have food with me, and at the airport, there was really nothing I could get. And I was just feeling a little bothered. I thought, well, whatever. You know, it's a million times better to be living like this. You'll survive a little while till you get a salad or some fruit. But that's, that's once in a blue moon that I even feel that because you're thriving so much. So if you can see, okay, here's where I'm going. Here's what the reward's going to be. Here's someone else that did it. It's, it's, and then you start to, then after a little while, you start to feel the benefits. Wow, the weight's really coming off. Wow, I'm not feeling so headachy. I'm not so tired. And then the, the lifestyle is the incentive for further living like this. That's really cool. So if people want to check out your book and get more information on the process, how can they do that? If they go to strongholdoffood.com, strongholdoffood.com. They can find out about breaking the stronghold of food. They can uh, read the first chapter free there. And then from there, they can order on Amazon or wherever else they, they order. So strongholdoffood.com. They can go there, read the first chapter. Or if they just go to Amazon, uh, reviews are coming uh, out. The book just was released January 3rd. They can read some of the reviews and they can hear what's happening. And, and we're thrilled because it's not just my voice, it's Nancy's voice. And we're constantly hearing from people. They're, they're thrilled. They're, they're, they're excited. They're our honesty, our candor, the inspiration, the practical wisdom. So we're really excited about the results. And, and to me, even though I've written a bunch of books, I felt different about this. Even though I write on spiritual issues that are life and death, this was life and death in a different way. And, I, and just like I had a call today on the radio show, a first-time caller, I think first-time listener, he doesn't listen to the station, stumbled on it. And he said, I have to believe God set this up. Uh, he said, my, he had to compose himself. He said, my food is killing me. It's killing me. And he talked about what his physical condition, how he feels, and embarrassment, and all the other issues. I said, man, we're going to send you a free copy of the book. We prayed for him. I got folks to pray for him on a regular basis. So we, we feel it's literally the difference between life and death, between a, a vibrant, blessed life and a life that could be hindered or cut short in many ways. And, and, uh, and we're eager to hear from folks after they read Breaking the Stronghold of Food. If they want to get in touch with you or see what you're up to in your other work, uh, where can they get a hold of you? They just go to askdrbrown.org, A-S-K-D-R-Brown.org. That's our website. We have literally thousands of hours of free material there. Uh, last year, we put out 200 articles, 200 videos, 500 hours of radio. Uh, it's all there, available free on the website. Uh, my itinerary is there. Other materials are there that could be a blessing or, or, or digital library or store and things. So ask Dr. Brown, askdrbrown.org. They can read my testimony from LSD to PhD. They can find out more about we're doing the larger vision, our Jewish outreach, our ministry school, and things like that as well. That's great. Can you close us in prayer? Surely. Father, I pray for everyone listening that this would be the day of change, that this would be the beginning of transformation 
that those who are slaves to food, those who are addicted, those who have unhealthy eating habits, those who can't break the stronghold, those who desire to change and are struggling, that this would be the day of freedom, deliverance, hope, and that they too would break the stronghold of food. Lord, we glorify you. We thank you that Jesus died to set us free from all manner of bondage so that we can live for you in freedom and blessing. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The book is Breaking the Stronghold of Food. Remember to check out the website, strongholdoffood.com. You've been listening to Dr. Michael Brown on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us today. Holocaust survivors often feel lonely and forgotten. But through the Ministry of Reach Initiative International, these survivors discover that they are remembered, honored, and loved by followers of Christ. For over 20 years, Reach Initiative's teams have unconditionally loved and sacrificially served hundreds of survivors. They visit survivors at their homes, help with practical needs, and provide spiritual and emotional support. Reach Initiative's goal is to love them into the kingdom of God, one at a time. In just the past three years, 26 Holocaust survivors have embraced Jesus. Many more are close. If you'd like to support or simply stay informed about this incredible ministry, visit reachii.org. That's reachii.org and receive an inspiring free memoir from one survivor in ebook form. Don't wait to learn more about this amazing ministry. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.